It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to another edition of Locked On Titans. I'm Jimmy Morris, joined as always by Terry Lambert. Terry, I would ask you how you're doing tonight, but I think we, uh, after watching a seven-hour game, the Titans lost, where they lost a bunch of guys to injury. I don't think any of us are doing very well right now. No, no. Brutal. Brutal day all the way around. I mean, yeah, it's just, it, it's, it's unbelievable. It, it, it's probably, I don't know if it's the most, somebody said it was the most depressing Titans game ever watched. I don't know that that's the case for me. But it was just definitely the most bizarre and maybe one of the most frustrating. But anyway, we'll get into all of it. Before we do that, we'll remind you we're right from UCMiracles.com. So you can find a bunch of stuff there that we'll be talking about this game and everything else. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at JMorrisMCM. Terry's at Team Lambert FB. You can get the podcast wherever you subscribe to your podcasts or however you get them. Just search out Locked on Titans and you will find us there. All right, so there's there's quite a bit to get into from this game. There's the play on the field. There's all the weather delay stuff. There's the injuries. So I think we'll start out with the injuries from the top because I think that's the thing that is maybe the most lasting effect from this game. The fact that, one, Delaney Walker is reportedly out for the year. Rap Sheet said he had a dislocated ankle and an associated fracture, whatever that means. Um, yeah, you saw the play. When a guy comes up and his, his foot's pointing the wrong way. I mean, my nine-year-old told me that his foot was going the wrong direction. So you know that when, when something like that happens, best-case scenario, I was going to miss, you know, eight weeks. And that's like if it's the cleanest thing in the world. Um, so figure they were going to be without him for a significant amount of time. Not really surprising that it's for the year. That's the most significant of the injuries. Um, and, you know, we're going to listen a little bit right here. I mean – with all of the stuff that Delaney Walker brings to this team, not just his, you know, the fact that he's the most reliable pass catcher they've had for the last, you know, five or six years, however long he's been here, um, there's there's so much that he brings to this team. It's it's impossible to replace him. Yeah, and now you're talking about Jonu Smith, a guy that's that's capable in the receiving game, uh, fast, runs like a receiver, uh, pretty athletic guy, but you're going to have that fall off in the in the blocking department. So. Uh, you know, Jonathan Hutton told us that two weeks ago when he was on our, our podcast. He said, you know, Johnny struggles to block, uh, but Delaney brings that blocking to the table. So uh, that's kind of the reason why Johnny hasn't taken that next step yet, uh, but now he's going to be forced into that role. So uh, I'm not sure he's, uh, he's going to be, you know, listed as a starter. Uh, you've got Luke Stocker on the team. You've got Anthony Ferkser, and maybe they bring – uh, Drum Cunningham back. I, I think they're going to miss his blocking on the edge and in the run game. So it's not just a, a loss in the passing game; it's an all-around loss, and you know, to a really good dude. You just hate to see that uh, a guy that has aged really well uh, playing the best football of his career at the end of his career. So it just sucks to see. Yeah, a guy they gave a, an extension to before the season started, um, and like you said, it, it's just. I think, I mean, I'm not sure, but he might be the guy that they could, I mean, obviously outside of Mario, we'll get to that in a minute, but like the, the, that they could least afford to use from, lose from a, I don't know, schematic or whatever the right word is here, but perspective, because, you know, you're talking about a guy that just, he when they have him on the field, and you, you hear a bunch of people talk about this, it doesn't give anything away. 
you know, like like when when John Smith's out there, it's more likely going to be a passing play. Now I know these a lot of two tight end sets and all that kind of stuff, but Delaney Walker is a guy that is great as an inline blocker, great as a receiver, and Luke Stocker's a good blocker. We think John Smith can maybe possibly be a good receiver, but combining their two skill sets, they're not anywhere close to what Delaney Walker is by himself. So it, it, that's a huge loss, and I, I just wonder how much they're going to change just from the just the overall scheme of the offense, just not having him available. And you just look, uh, yeah, we're through one game, and but I saw a ton of two tight end sets out there. So two tight end set, uh, Davis and Matthews out as the receivers. So that that seemed to be the base that they wanted to play out of. Now I don't know if they can't, uh, and I don't know if Johnu plays out of that base to start. Uh, so I, I just I'm not sure if he's ready to move into that all-around role. So uh, yeah, I'm kind of expecting a uh, a roster move of some sort uh, in the next couple of days. Yeah, so that'll that'll clearly be interesting to watch, and we'll see what happens there, and we'll kind of keep you up to date. All right, next injury, obviously, Marcus Mariota um, got banged on the hand on a option play, elbow, whatever it was, and really. Probably, I mean, it apparently should have come out of the game as soon as it happened. Said that he kind of lost feeling, I guess, in his hand and his fingers, which, you know, is kind of important if you're going to be throwing a football. Um, we saw how he struggled after that happened. And, you know, if you've listened to us at all, if you've, if you've read our stuff that we write, you know how high we are on Mariota as a quarterback, how high we are on his ability. But it's, it's just one of those things where it's just frustrating. It's like we're, we're having this conversation multiple times every year. If he didn't get hurt, if he would have come out of the game when he first got hurt, if, 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 we, we're just constantly having these, these conversations surrounding him, and it's not, it, it's not his fault. I mean, it's not like he's doing dumb stuff. He's not coming out for, you, you know, things that are questionable and you're not sure what's going on. I mean, these are obviously legitimate, like, bad luck type injuries, but I don't know. The same kind of stuff seems to keep happening to him over and over. And look, we saw what Blaine Gabbert is when he came in. You see some plays from him where you're like, oh man, this, this guy can, can play. And then you see a few plays where he's just kind of all over the place. And so, you know, if, if they have to go with Blaine Gabbert long term, they're not a good football team. Uh, they're not going to make a playoff. It's not something that's going to be exciting to watch. So hopefully this is something that is just kind of a, you know, a, a stinger, so to speak. And, you know, by the time Wednesday rolls around, Everything's back to normal, and he's good to go. Yeah, I don't want to speculate on what it is, but it did seem to be something that Marcus toyed with the idea of playing with uh, because he, he kind of – I think he took himself out, and he just said he couldn't feel the ball after uh, after the game, obviously. But, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's not in a, a thing that we're questioning Mariota's ability. We think he's got it. I think he's got it upstairs. That's a big deal to me. I, I think he can he can do some advanced stuff with his eyes. Um, but it's it's the injuries, you know. It's just the uh, it's the miscommunications, you know. I, I know it was week one, first uh, first time really getting into the Titans' new playbook. But again, you saw the miscommunic miscommunications, uh, and it kind of it brought back some bad Mike Malarkey, Terry Risky memories. So, uh, like you were saying, it's just always something. You know, Taewon Taylor drops that touchdown uh, on the first drive. Uh, it's always something. It just seems like the Titans can't put it all to get together on offense. And, uh, you know, it's it's kind of something that we foreshadowed last week, talking about the lack of playing time together, the lack of chemistry. 
Um, they came out hot, but, man, it went downhill fast. Yeah, and I can't do another year of, you know, if we would have put this together. Because you remember Michael Larkey last year. I mean, every Sunday and Monday he stood up there and said, hey, you know, we were just a, it's a play here or there. We didn't put it all together, but next week we're going to get it all together. Look how great we're going to be. And we heard that all year long. Now, I mean, they, yeah, they went 9-7. and They won a playoff game. All that stuff did happen, but the offense was terrible. Um, so, I, I don't know. I mean, it's frustrating. It is – I mean, there, there's really not another word for it. It's just, it's just frustrating to watch. It happened week in and week out. And so, hopefully, again, hopefully, you know, this is not something that's going to linger long term. This is something they're going to be able to get on – He's not going to miss a lot of practice time because, like you said, there, there's still chemistry issues or whatever there. Uh, we'll get into a little bit more of that when we start talking about the things that actually happened on the field. But I don't know. It, it's just it, it's frustrating to see this happen every year. It's literally been every year with him. So hopefully, again, not something that lingers long term. And then the last you know major injury they had in the game was the concussion. Taylor Lewan on just a – you know, a play where it just seems like, you know, Malcolm Butler gets called in the first quarter for an unnecessary roughness penalty where he pulls a guy down on oh, top of man. him. I mean, I understand that he, like, flipped him over. I mean, I, I get – I understand what the referee saw and, like, thought that he needed to throw a flag for, but I don't understand why they can't watch the result of what happens and see that Malcolm Butler brought the guy down on top of himself. Like, he slammed the guy on top of him. And that's a penalty, but then you got the. I mean, I don't know what's a. It, I don't know what it's called. It's like a blindside type deal when Taylor Lewan gets hit, and there's no penalty there. He gets knocked out. You got a brawl. I mean, all that stuff going on. But obviously, you got a concussion. He's going to be in the the concussion protocol. So we'll just have to see. You know, every everybody reacts to those differently. We'll just have to have to see how that plays out as the week goes along. But you know, I mean, it's tough. I mean, and, and we'll talk kind of big picture about this game in a little bit, but. When you think about all the stuff that happened, but regardless of weather delays and all that other stuff, when you're in the fourth quarter trying to mount a comeback and you're without, I mean, you're without guys to start the game with, your best tight end, your starting left tackle, your starting quarterback, you're also without your starting right tackle. I mean, you didn't have him at the, in, in the game at all. But, I mean, it, any team is going to have long odds to overcome that. Yeah, and can we just can we just stop playing the Dolphins? I mean, it, it happens yeah. <laughs> every single time. You, you think about uh, Olivia Vernon taking out Mariota's knee. That was a dirty play. Uh, Mariota's rookie year uh, affected him going forward. And then you had the the last year. You, you had uh, Matt Castle starting the game. He was awful. Uh, he finally completes a pass, and, and John was called called for you know offensive pass interference he wasn't even the one catching the ball so it just seems like weird stuff happens when you play the Dolphins and it doesn't really seem to go in the Titans favor yeah so hopefully um I don't know, I mean I don't know we want to go there next year I think I heard Mike Keith on the OTP the other day saying that if the Titans do play the Dolphins next year it would at least be in Nashville so you have that going for you. it would only be if they finish in the same spot in their respective divisions so um, so that's that's the injury report. Again, Delaney is is probably the only long term guy here. Like you said, I mean, it's hard to speculate on what what exactly Marcus has, but um, hopefully not something that's going to linger for him. Um, all right, so that'll do it for the injury part. Coming up, we're going to talk a little bit about what actually happened on the field. Before we do that, we're going to tell you about my bookie. You know, we've been telling you about my bookie for about a year now. Um, you know, that's the place that I recommend if you're going to go bet to bet with them. Uh, the big thing is when you win, you get paid. 
Um, we talk about it all the time about how they have the the mobile site that's just as good as their their regular desktop laptop site. You don't have to download an app. You just get on that. You can get all the same things that you would get if you were on a computer. Um, you can get all kinds of lines before the game, obviously. But if you didn't get your bet in before the game, you can bet in-game, in and they got all that kind of stuff going on. So you really need to check them out if, if sports gambling is your thing. If you do and you're new to the site, you use the promo code Locked On, and they will match your deposit dollar for dollar. You can beat that deal. So, again, go to MyBookieOnline. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code Locked On when creating your account to claim the bonus. You play, you win, you get paid. Matt Williamson brings the scouts' perspective to the Locked On NFL podcast. You got to talk 2018 quarterbacks. Josh Allen has the best quarterback record aside from Lamar Jackson, but the lowest completion percentage other than Josh Rosen. He's just been a complete garbage for the most part when he's been allowed to play. Yeah, let's throw a couple nuggets out on Allen, and I know he's a lot bigger a lot stronger, but he kind of reminds me of early career RG3. What's kind of remarkable about Allen is he is so gifted, and he got better, I thought, this past year, which is encouraging with the anticipatory throws and the touch of his throws, but his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league. Hear Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so actual play on the field. I tweeted out um, after the first couple of series that, you know, man, this is this is going to be fun. Like, this offense is going to be fun to watch. And that was about the end of the fun for the day. <laughs> um, after that, after the fourth down that, that they tried, in, in, you know, down there in the red zone, didn't get. Which, I mean, I love the call. There were people, you know, just killing him for that later in the game. And, oh, my gosh, if they had those three points and blah, 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 teams should do that more. I mean, obviously, I, I just think that, you know, in the NFL, you got to score touchdowns. Um, so I, I, I was good with that call. But, I, I mean, and full disclosure, I only got to see parts of the game. I saw the first really quarter and a half, and then I was out for about – I was out for, like, three or four hours and I actually only missed about 10 minutes of gameplay, <laughs> but um, yeah, it really, really is. But so just Terry, kind of talk about what you saw and kind of how it all went downhill after those first couple of drives. Well, I think it's important to highlight the first couple of drives first. Uh, you saw a bunch of quick passes. Uh, you, you saw Corey Davis really get involved. They were actively targeting Corey Davis uh, in the short passing game. And what I liked about it, was if the Dolphins were playing their corners 10 yards off the ball, Marcus just turned around and threw the ball out to Corey Davis and, and, or whoever it was. Uh, and that's just easy yardage. That's an easy eight yards. So uh, I thought they had a lot of rhythm, a lot of flow. Uh, Derrick Henry got got the bulk of the work to begin the, the game. He was okay, uh, nothing spectacular. But they were moving the ball, you know, three, four-yard gains at a time. But, uh, the throw that Marcus Mariota made is why I cannot quit that guy because what he did to Taylor Taylor, he put it in the bread basket. Uh, and Taylor stumbled before the ball got there. Uh, still, the ball landed in his hands, and he still managed to drop it. I understand it's probably tougher than it looked. Uh, but still, it's just a great throw by Marcus Mariota. It's a shame they couldn't cap that first drive off. Uh, and then, you know, it was more of the same on the second drive. 
uh, weren't able to to finish with a touchdown, and I thought that's where the game turned. Uh, but you know, to only come out with three points after those first two great drives uh, was a real disappointment. Now from there, I think uh, the the Mariota injury really started hurting them. Uh, they started dialing up some read option stuff, and Marcus took a shot. Uh, and apparently that was to his elbow. I thought it was to his hand. But uh, apparently he couldn't feel any of his fingers, any of his hands. So obviously that's a big problem for a quarterback, and it explains that first pick that just kind of hung up in the air and let the safety come over to it. Yeah, and, you know, like you said, I mean, when you you just have a bad feeling when your offense looks as good as the Titans offense did on those first two series and you only have three points. I mean, that just you just you can't leave that many points on the field. And we talked about the Dolphins. Look, I don't think the Dolphins are anything spectacular. Um, I mean, I, I really do think they're an eight and eight type team. But with that being said, I mean, they, they've got a lot of good players. There's, there's a lot of things that they can do extremely well. I mean, we saw that today. So you can't afford to leave a bunch of that kind of stuff out there on the field. And that's what the Titans did early in the game. And then we just saw how it never, it just never came back. So. Um, I, you know, I, I think there there are obviously some some positive things that you can take away here. You know, the running game. You know, like look, the numbers are obviously different. If the phantom holding call on Delaney Walker doesn't get called, Derrick Henry gets that long touchdown. I mean, you know, obviously we're a different conversation. We're, we may be having a different conversation about a game result. Who knows? They might not have been throwing at the end. You might still have Delaney Walker. I mean, it's all you know. There's there's a lot of ifs and buts from that, but. I think there are definitely you saw some positives in this offense. You saw some of the things they're going to be able to do. At the same time, we continue to see the miscommunications. You saw them some with Mariota. You saw them with Blaine Gabbert. And look, I mean, I get you know backup quarterback and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, we're coming right off a of training camp, so I mean, these guys have gotten reps together. It's not like he was out there with guys that that he hasn't played with before. And I, I just I don't. I, I don't watch as much. I mean, I watch the Titans very closely every week. I don't watch a ton of other NFL football. But, I mean, like, as we're recording this, I've been watching the, the Packers and the Bears. And you just don't see the number of miscommunications, the number of plays where the receiver goes one way and the ball goes the other way. You just don't see that with these other teams like you do with the Titans. Absolutely. I agree. Uh, it's frustrating. And I'm just – I, people don't want to hear this, but I'm going to chalk it up to it being week one and Marcus Mariota not being able to throw to his receivers in training camp because they were all banged up at one point in time. Uh, also, a piece of his, of his offensive line is missing in Jack Conklin. Hopefully, we'll get that back pretty soon. But uh, kind of shifting gears a little bit, I, to expand on your thought on the run game, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, I thought the interior really moved some bodies. Uh, but consistently throughout the day, uh, Deion Lewis is a better back, and that's kind of something that we had been saying uh, that we felt. And you know, clearly Derrick Henry got the first shot, but as the game wore on, Deion Lewis got the bulk of the carries, and, and it was in I formation. It's not like they were sitting in gun. It's not like it was passing downs. Uh, Deion Lewis got the work uh, running between the tackles, and he excelled. You know, he had that big run where he juked a couple guys and spun out and broke a couple tackles. So uh, I thought he gave the Titans a really big spark, even with Gabbard in the game. Uh, really, honestly, when Gabbard was in, he was all they had. So uh, 
I, I don't want to write off Derrick Henry because I think he's got a role on this team. Clearly, you saw it on, on that, that hold uh, th- that was called on Delaney Walker. But uh, for, me, for my money, I think Deion Lewis has to be the guy uh, more so than Derrick Henry right now. Well, what we've seen from Derrick Henry is, the, the, you know, some runs are going to pop. We know that. And, again, we saw it today. It didn't, you know, didn't have counting. But you, you saw what he can do when he's able to get the edge, was able to get in the open field. I mean, we, we've talked a lot about that. But like you say, I mean, Deion Lewis looks like the better guy. And so my question is, if if you didn't have the durability concerns with Deion Lewis, and again, if you didn't have the how specific his skill set is and how the Titans don't have anything else that can come anywhere close to matching that currently on the roster, do you think he's a guy they would, I mean, do you think he would be unquestionably the lead back if you didn't have those two types of concerns? Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I don't know how you can sit here and watch the game tape Yep. And tell me that Derrick Henry is your more talented guy on the field. I, I just Derrick Henry's out there because he's a more durable guy. He's a bigger guy that's going to wear the defense down. And Derrick Henry has ability. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying Deion Lewis is special to me. Uh, and the Titans could really utilize that. Uh, and they were a different team when he was on the field. Yeah, and I think you know unquestionably if if Deion Lewis was built like Derrick Henry. I think it would be a very different conversation. I mean, obviously, that would be like a you know super back or whatever. But like, uh, you know, again, I just think that they're not going to, as much as they can, they're going to keep Deion Lewis's role in check, just because you're afraid of what happens if you use him too much of the durability issues. And so that that just kind of is what it is. There's not really anything. I don't. I don't think that's going to be able to be changed about that. So, you know, overall, again, from the offense, I mean, some things that you can take away that are encouraging. Obviously, they've still got a lot of work to be done. Um, and, you know, we'll look, there are going to be people tomorrow. I mean, you turn on Sports Talk Radio tomorrow, and there'll be people that are calling in. It's time to, you know, cut Mariota and, you know, move on from Corey Davis. I mean, you're going to hear all that stuff tomorrow. People probably won't very well fired. Um, we're going to try to be more measured in our takes, we're going to be trying to be more measured in the way that we view things. And so, again, yeah, there's a lot of negatives from today. But I, I think you can see some positives that went on there, too. Defensively, um, I, you know, they were okay. I, it's just it, it's really hard, one, to take much away from what happened today just with all the other stuff that was going on. Um, we saw, and we were talking about this, Terry mentioned this before we jumped on here, Malcolm Butler has a problem with the deep ball. He's a good player. He saw the pick that he had. I mean, obviously, he, he's a guy that that has done a lot for this defense and a guy that's a, that's a solid corner, no doubt. But we saw him get beat deep by Devontae Adams in the preseason. You saw him get beat deep by Kenny Stills today. Um, that That's an issue for him. Now, I mean, I don't know what you do to try to help him with that or try to take that away. We talked a little bit about the Titans. were one of the best teams in the league against the deep ball last year. Um, and, you know, gave a big one today. But... You know, overall, and the other thing with the defense, that they weren't able to get a ton of pressure. But, you know, with Derek Morgan being limited snaps, with Brian Arakpo, I mean, he was healthy, but after missing off camp, he got dinged a little bit. You know, not having Harold Landry, we kind of figured that getting pressure on the quarterback was going to be an issue. And I'll tell you what, it wasn't a, for a lack of trying. I mean, Dean Pease dialed him up uh, several times. He sent Woodard up the middle. Uh, you saw a, a couple of exotic blitzes, uh, you know, coming from all shapes and sizes. But the Dolphins did a great job of, of picking them up. I mean, time and time again, especially in the second half, uh, they they just absorbed those blitzes. Tannehill was never really under duress. 
uh, and they took some shots. You know, credit the Dolphins for for keeping their foot on the gas when most teams would just run the ball there. Uh, they they did not have to to throw that touchdown to, to Kenny Stills, but they were taking shots. You know, uh, it eventually hurt Tannehill. Tannehill threw a pick there, but. Uh, that was more of an arm punt than anything. But I thought the Dolphins' offensive line was really great today, especially in pass protection and keeping Ryan Tannehill upright, and I think that was the difference in the game. Yeah, and, and again, I, I think we will see better – I think we'll see better days from this pass rush when you've got everybody back and healthy. We talked about how that was going to be an issue, so it's not, it's not any surprise to me that it was on the field today. All right, coming up, we'll talk a little bit about the weather and, and all that kind of stuff and, and kind of wrap up this edition of the podcast. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, from a from a whatever, an, an off-the-field perspective, if that can be a thing during a game, uh, it was easily the most bizarre game that I've ever watched or, you know, been a part of following, um, you know, the longest game in NFL history, all that stuff. We, you know all of that. I can't imagine the, you know, just the mental preparation and stuff that it took for the for the players, for the coaching staff, all that stuff. And think about it, this is Mike Mike Vrabel's first game, first regular season game as an NFL head coach, and he has to deal with something that no other NFL head coach has had to deal with before. Uh, I, I don't know if there have been other games with with two weather delays. There probably have been, but there obviously have not been games with two two hour delays in game. Um, so just when you think about the fact that the longest time that they're generally off the field in the middle of a game is for 12 minutes during halftime, uh, people talk. You hope people talk about getting ready for the Super Bowl mentally in halftime there because it's like 30 minutes instead of 12 minutes. And just the the difference that it is for NFL teams. And then you're talking about having two two hour breaks, a three minute halftime today as it was. You know, just all just all kinds of weird stuff that went on. And and you know, again, this is not, that's not an excuse. Um, it, both teams had to go through it, so it's not like it was an unfair thing to the Titans versus you know the, the Dolphins getting any type of advantage. Um, so, but it was just it was it was kind of bizarre as far as all that went. And I saw people saying, you know, when Delaney Walker got hurt, oh, see, this is what happens when you keep these guys on the field that long. Look, Delaney Walker got rolled up. I mean, that 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 could have happened on the first play of the game as easily did on that game. That had anything to do with the game going on for seven hours. So, just a, just an un, un you know unfortunate thing there. But I don't know, just just a bizarre game and something that I don't think we'll ever see anything like again. Hopefully, yeah. And in the three games that I've I've covered this year, two for the Tennessee Tennessee Vols, you know, they've had two straight lightning delays, right? And then the Titans have a lightning delay here, so that's I'm three for three in regular <laughs> season games with lightning delays. So it's it's just really bizarre. It seems to be on an uptick this year. I don't know, I don't know what's going on, but yeah, longest game in NFL history. Uh, started at, at at noon, ended what, just past seven. Uh, so it, it was the it was the last game to finish. It, you know, all the all the late games, all the late kicks beat it too. So it, it was just bizarre. Uh, I I don't I again I don't know how much stock you put into that. You know, obviously both sides had to deal with it. I'm sure it's a little easier to deal with it uh, when you're at home. Uh, but yeah, what a just a bizarre atmosphere. You know, and then the for those of us that was watching on TV, you know, Fox cut the broadcast because they went over. <laughs> you know, they had to get their primetime TV up. So I was scrambling to get to the radio to hear the the end of the game. So it just a what a strange day. Yeah, I was I was blown away. Like you're sitting here watching the game, and then I mean we we both live in the Nashville area. 
So you're in market, and all of a sudden they go to the Fox, you know, OT thing, and got the countdown or whatever that show was that they were putting on. And I'm like, but they just cut away from the game. You know, it's like you're just sitting there and you're like, you can't believe it. Um, but it was okay at that point for me. I was like, all right, I've had enough anyway. Um, game was over at that point. But just just bizarre. And, you know, I mean, you listen to Mike Verbuff for the game. I, I like how he handles things. Like, look, we got to – we got to be able to handle that kind of stuff. We got to we got to do better. All that kind of stuff. I mean, I think that he has the right attitude as far as all that's concerned. And I think you no, know, he wasn't up there complaining about a bunch of stuff and whatever. I mean, it is what it is. You can't. It's not like they're going to reschedule the game. Um, you know, once the second delay hits, it's not like they're going to suspend it like they like they do in baseball from time to time and you know pick it up the next day. You know, you're you're clearly not going to see anything like that. That doesn't, doesn't make any any sense from a from a football perspective. So. Like you said, it is what it is. You have to deal with it. Um, that hopefully will be the strangest game that the Titans play all year. Um, again, you know, starting 0-1 is, is never fun. That, that's not where you want to be. Like I said, you've you got a tough stretch coming up. you got the Texans coming here uh, this next weekend in a game that you really, really need to win now. Um, I mean, you, you always wanted to win your division games anyway, but even that much more important to not fall to 0-2, to not fall to 0-2 in the AFC all those types of things. So, you know, we talked about how important this game was, how the Titans really needed to win it. Um, not didn't, Never called it a must-win game. It's, it's really stupid to call anything a must-win game in week one of the season. But a game that it, they really kind of needed to win. But if you can find a win or two, you know, in the next couple of weeks that you didn't think you were going to get, you kind of get back to even. Yeah, you're sitting here staring Texans at Jaguars and the Eagles coming to town. That, that's rough. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, Titans really needed this one, and I, I just uh, my fear is we're gonna look back, you know, week seventeen and be like, oh man, if they could just find a way to to win that week one game, we'd be set, you know, kind of like we said about the Dolphins game last year. But uh, three stout opponents, uh, and, and I think they need to find a way to win one of those. Uh, you, you certainly can't start the year zero and four, so. Uh, I, they've got some problems to iron out, and I'm not totally out on this team. I think I saw enough positives today, and it was just weird enough today where you can kind of throw some of that stuff out, uh, and the, the injuries, you know, piling up into that equation too. Uh, so I don't think anybody should be out on this team. It was a rough start, uh, but let them get healthy, let them get some chemistry, let them get the offense rolling. I think they'll be just fine. Yeah, absolutely. So kind of give you a, a look at our schedule for the week. Um, we'll be back tomorrow night. We'll have more news. Uh, you know, I don't know if it, Mike Malarkey would give you good injury updates on Mondays. I don't anticipate Mike Vrabel doing that, obviously, based on what we've seen so far through the preseason. But they'll press conference tomorrow. We'll re rewatch some stuff tomorrow as well and have some more thoughts on the game. We're going to have Dave McGinnis on Tuesday night. We'll record with him on Tuesday night, so that'll be available on Wednesday. Um, if you've heard him at all, you know, he does the, the color commentary for the Titans, for Titans Radio now. Um, if you've heard him on any of the local stations here, he's great with that kind of stuff, and he'll be he'll be really good. So we're excited to have him on on Tuesday, kind of break this down and ask him some questions. You know, how do they how are they going to replace Delaney Walker? You know, just just some things like that that we'll we'll try to get into talking to him about weather delays and if he had any experience with anything like that. So um, and then we'll have you know crossover episode with Texans people at some point too. So just kind of kind of stay plugged in between now and then. Miracles dot com. You can check out the work there. Terry, anything else we need to hit before we head out tonight? No, I think that's all I can muster tonight. We'll have a lot more tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of kind of a, a we're all kind of worn down after the <laughs> the marathon that that game was. Anyway, appreciate you listening. 
Again, Locked on Titans, uh, subscribe so you get the newest episodes as soon as they're available. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at MCM. Terry's at T. Lambert FB. So for Terry, this is Jimmy saying thanks for listening, and we will talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, but why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite NBA team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app, and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.